You're listening to the Time to Thrive podcast, bringing you proven practical tips and strategies from a leading marketing expert. Are you ready to move your business out of survival mode? It's time to thrive. And now, here's your host, Bethany Meadows. Hey everyone, welcome to Time to Thrive. This is your host, Bethany Meadows. Finding the right name for a business is fraught with the dangers of overthinking, trying to say too much, or even a straight up misalignment with your brand. Our guest on today's episode knows a thing or two about creating buzzworthy brand names. She is the creative genius behind countless brand names with an impressive client list that includes Amazon, Coca-Cola, Disney, Google, Twitter, and Colgate. Alexandra Watkins started her naming firm Eat My Words in 2005 and has since become a leading and outspoken authority on brand names. Her her breakthrough book, Hello, My Name is Awesome, How to Create Brand Names That Stick, was named a top 10 marketing book by Inc. Magazine, of which I'm a big fan, by the way. Her brand name, Hall of Fame, includes the Wendy's Baconator, Nido Robotic Vacuum, Burger King's Mac and Cheetos, Spanish language school Gringo Lingo, and the frozen yogurt franchise Spoon Me. Welcome to the show, Alexandra. Thank you. What a great introduction, Bethany. (laughs) I was like, um, sometimes, you know, when I put those together, it it becomes like a lot of, you know, getting your mouth around all words that you haven't said before. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I've ever said Gringo Lingo before. That's new. (laughs) (laughs) but it's great. And so like all the starts to all of our shows, I'm going to ask you to pick a number between one and five, and we're going to get you a random question. Okay. I'll choose two. Two. All right. If you were designing your own fragrance to represent you, what would you call it? That is the perfect question. Well, I would call it Alexandra Law. Alexandra Law. (laughs) <laughs> and and what does that mean yeah, name it after me like celebrities name fragrances after themselves yeah for yeah. sure yeah an ego fragrance yeah so where, did, where did your obsession for finding just the right brand name come from when did you have a marketing background how did you end up in this like really specialty area of marketing i started my career as an advertising copywriter and Every once in a while, I would get thrown a bone and get to name something. And I love naming, but I didn't know that naming was a profession. I just thought, you know, something we got to do once in a while. And when I discovered that naming was a profession, I had been in advertising, gosh, over 15 years. So I switched gears and became a freelance namer and just started getting a lot of projects and then eventually starting my own firm, Eat My Words. And yeah, that's how it started. But as a copywriter, I would have to come up with conceptual brand, conceptual headlines for ads. And I found that names could do the same thing, just coming up with a really, uh, you know, emotional, a name that would like resonate with people and like stir the emotions like you know like uh what like spoon me the frozen yogurt store that you just mentioned you know people smile when they hear that name well um you know it you know as you were saying that i i wonder why it's so important to get a brand name right like what happens if we get it wrong 
Well, what happens if you get it wrong, you can alienate customers, you can confuse, or I should say potential customers, you can confuse people, you can you can really miss a lot of opportunities to differentiate your brand, stand out in a sea of sameness, you know, uh, and you can, you know, if you have the right brand name, you can monetize it with merchandise because your name is so cool that people want to wear it on a t-shirt. Thus, you know, a name like Spoon Me, or we named a cupcake store, the Church of Cupcakes. You know, those are names that people want to wear and show off. Right. Because they're fun. And as you said, it makes them smile. Yeah. You know, in all the years that I've been in marketing and, you know, of course, you know, my team and I have, have been involved in naming a number of companies and brands and things over the years. One of the things that's ironic about it is when you come up with a good name, it looks like it was so easy to come up with, like <laughs> because the simplest things, the most on target things, the simplest things, they just look like they were easy to come up with. Um, and most people don't understand that there's a real process that goes into the, you know, naming uh, behind getting a good name. So what, what are some of the qualities of a strong brand name? Like you've, you've boiled it down. Yeah, I, I have a I have a 12 point name evaluation filter and it's based on my philosophy that a name should make you smile instead of scratch your head. And smile is an acronym for the five qualities that make a name great and scratch is the flip side of that. So the five qualities are that your name, the S in smile stands for suggestive. So your name suggests suggest, should suggest something positive about your brand, a positive brand experience, or, you know, suggest something about what your brand is or does. So for instance, Amazon suggests to me ginormous, right? It's gigantic. I've been to the Peruvian Amazon. It's, you know, giant river. So that is a name that's suggestive. Uh, the M in smile stands for memorable. Well, everybody wants a memorable name, but what, makes a name memorable. What it is, is if you have an existing reference to it in your knowledge base. So for instance, spoon me, we're already familiar with that term, right? Or we named a GPS for dogs retriever. That's in our existing knowledge base. But when you have to introduce something new that's unfamiliar, it's harder for people to remember. So right. as long as it's based in the familiar and you have an, a, a existing association with it that's what you want um and you don't you can make up a word like groupon is a great example like we know group and we know coupon and we get oh groupon means that it's coupons for group activities which is what they started off as the i and smile stands for imagery and that means that your name lends itself to a visual. So when somebody says the name, you can picture something in your head. People remember pictures and images much more easily than they remember random words and letters. That's true. And then the L, the L in smile <laughs> for legs and legs means that your name lends itself to a theme. So you can extend the brand. So for instance, at Eat My Words, we are, we have a lot of fun extending our brand through food and beverage. So for instance, we have a package called Supermarket Special. Our blog is called The Kitchen Sink. 
um, our, we keep our books. I think I can do this. Oh, wait. oh yeah, over here. Uh, this is a the pink fridge where I keep our cool books. So we we have a lot of fun. We when we send out packages to people, I have, sorry, um, I send out these are pens shaped like Twizzlers, and so just you know fun things like that all tied into food and beverage. So that's legs and a name. So it's not just extending the brand with verbal with you know verbal branding. It's everything. Right. The, the E in smile stands for emotional. You want a name that makes an emotional connection and really resonates with people. And that, that can be inducing a smile or just something. I think people love to get it, right? And that's what I mean by smile. So you hear a name like Retriever as a GPS for dogs and you like you feel smart. She's like, oh, I get it. Like people like to feel smart. Nobody wants your name to be ambiguous. No one wants to guess what it means. No one wants to feel dumb because they can't pronounce it. People want to get it. So that's, that's smile. That's so true. And even on a restaurant menu, have you ever been in a restaurant, especially like a, a Mexican restaurant or something? And the menu is all Mexican words that I don't know how to pronounce. And now I'm going to feel stupid. When, and so I just point to it. I just say, I'll have that. That's right so there. funny because <laughs> I, I probably live 15 miles from the border. Of Mexico, so I know how to pronounce every word in Spanish. Even if I don't speak Spanish, we we know how to do that. But um, I can see in Alabama how that would be a little more difficult. And yeah, I have a story in my book about going to a French restaurant and not being able to pronounce something. And yeah, it's a, it can be really embarrassing. And so oftentimes people will just you know we've all been in that situation, right? We don't want to embarrass ourselves in front of our friends or a client or, you know, we're on a date. So we, you know, we don't want to appear dumb. So we'll point to the item on the menu or if it's, you know, a Chinese <laughs> restaurant, we'll say, you know, what number we want. Yeah. Oh, B4. Oh, yeah. Or we won't order it, you know, and I always tell people that, you know, think of, you know, one way to, you know, talking about emotion is, Imagine being in a restaurant and you see chicken soup on the menu. Okay. But then imagine if on the menu it said grandma's chicken soup. That has a, lot, a whole lot more emotion to it. So that, yeah. and I remember being in a restaurant one time, it was a French restaurant and I, I didn't know what the dessert was. I didn't know how to pronounce it. I didn't want to pull up my phone and look it up. And if they had just called it what it was, you know, something that people could pronounce, they, they would sell a lot more. But sometimes, uh, you know, restaurants can get a little caught up in their in their the way they describe things can be, especially in California, they can be a little ridiculous. <laughs> Well, one of the places we always like to start is really understanding who we're talking to, like understanding the audience is kind of like base one, right? It's mm -hmm. because, you know, everything we do after that is we're really talking to that segment or that audience that we've created. But what are some of the mistakes? Like that would be one mistake that people would make is like just marketing to themselves, coming up with a name that they like or that you know, they took a poll of their family and that, and that doesn't look anything like the people that they're actually marketing to. What are some of the other mistakes that people make when they're naming their brand? Yeah, that's so true. I'll, I'll walk you through scratch because one of the scratch things is that, and yeah, you can't, 
can't trust your friends and family to evaluate a name for you. And that's one of the reasons we created the Smile and Scratch test. And we get 25,000 people a month coming to our website. And a lot of them are taking that test. And it is free. If you go to eatmywords.com, you'll see test a name right on our homepage. And it will walk you through It will walk you through the, the 12 different things and ask you questions along the way and educate you along the way. So it's a good, it's a good experience to go through. But the S in scratch stands for spelling challenge. Your name shouldn't look like a typo. That's just an easy thing to remember, right? right. Then because you don't want emails getting bounced back. Like you don't want to frustrate people. Your right. name should be a welcome mat, not a do not enter sign. So think of that. Think of, Think of your business, even if you're not a retail store, think of it as a retail store. If somebody saw your name on the window, would they want to come in, you know, or would they be like, oh, I don't, you know. I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is, exactly. So that's the S. The first C in Scratch is copycat. Nobody likes a copycat. And, you know, why be somebody else when you can be yourself? So. Right. You, you really need to stand out and differentiate yourself. So, and another reason not to be a copycat is you open yourself up to trademark infringement. Um, so by the way, if anybody is worried about that, I have a great contact for a trademark attorney um, who's, he's like, I call him the, his name is Joey Vitale. Um, his firm's Indie Law. He's the, the eat my words of trademark attorneys. He's a lot of fun. So yeah, his whole firm is. And That's great. Uh, I'll just tell you, it's I-N-D-I-E, indielaw.com. You can get a free consultation. And yeah, that's ever since Joey heard me on a podcast on the Maximum Lawyer podcast. And that's, and he had been a big fan of my book for years. And now we're, now we're pals and it's, it's a great relationship, but he's really, really helpful at the, in the trademark process and can take care of you. If you have not trademarked your business name, I recommend it because you do want to protect your brand. So that's copycat. The A in scratch stands for, wait, hold on. SC, the R in scratch. <laughs> I get it ahead of myself. The R in scratch stands for restrictive. And that is where you lock yourself into a name and you outgrow it. So when you're coming up with your name, look into your crystal ball and think, how is my company going to grow in the future? And will this name fit? So an example of a restricted name is Hotel Tonight. So if you're familiar with that app, it, you can, it, how it started is they would sell discount rooms because hotels couldn't sell rooms. They didn't want to let them go empty. So they discount the prices at the last minute, which was great. And so, you know, you were in a, a town and you're like, oh, I need a room or, so, by the way, a better name for, for Hotel Tonight would have been Get a Room, I think. <laughs> would be fun because I mean, really, how often do you need a hotel that night? Right, so, and very um, straightforward. I need to yeah. go here to get a room. Yeah, yeah. But with hotel tonight, now you can get a hotel 365 days in advance. So they really outgrew their name. So you know, 24 hour fitness. In the beginning, it was 24 hours. Now, not all of them are 24 hours. Uh, a classic 99 cent store. Right? Yeah, the dollar store. Yeah, yeah, Dollar Tree. Dollar Tree, yeah, is now a dollar twenty-five. I think the name is still okay because it's not one dollar tree, but yeah, the ninety-nine cent store, ninety-nine cent only store. Yeah. So hard to yeah, go up. But that's something they should have seen that coming, right? I mean, come on. So yeah, that's restrictive. And then the A in scratch stands for annoying. 
And annoying is when people are cute. So spelling a name backwards. Now, that worked for Oprah because she named her company Harpo Studios. And Harpo is just, like, how often does that happen? Um, Where it's a good name backwards. As yeah. Backwards. Yeah. yeah. But like Serena Williams named her clothing line her name backwards, Serena backwards, it's like RNS. Like just it, it it worked for Oprah, it didn't work for Serena. So think about these things. Mm -hmm. Um the T and scratch stands for tame. You can't afford to be tame. You can't be a wallflower. You really need to stand out and differentiate yourself from all of your competitors. It's so, not the place to be vanilla. No, exactly exactly. <laughs> Speaking of vanilla. <laughs> This never happened before. Speaking of vanilla, the Church of Cupcakes, we had a lot of fun with their name, and we named their vanilla cupcake uh, the Missionary. <laughs> you have a wicked sense of humor. Yeah, I've like, been reading yeah. your book, so <laughs> I know you have a wicked sense of humor. Yeah, it it's fun. People, people appreciate a sense of humor, and not just like consumer brands. Like you can be a B two. We're a business to business brand, and people love our sense of humor. People want to smile just because you're at work doesn't mean that you lose your personality and your sense of humor. I mean, people want to have fun. And people want to, when you have a cool name, you're going to attract the people that you want to work with. I, I guarantee that's, that's, we worked with a trademark attorney named Layla or Layla, uh, an attorney, not a trademark attorney, attorney, regular attorney, Layla Banajamali. And she specialized in helping startups get their foundation documents. And she knew her name, Layla Banajamali, was going to be hard for people to spell and remember and pronounce. So she came to us and we rebranded her firm Bedrock. And because it was all about foundation, foundational documents and starting businesses starting up. So when we renamed her Bedrock, she said that they started attracting the type of clients that they wanted to work with because they would, you know, it's a cool name. They want a cool client. So I, I recommend that. So you think that the, the way that marketing has evolved over the last 15 to 20 years, um, we're much more entertainment focused now. Like, it, you know, even the advertising that we're doing online has an entertainment component to it because the consumers are requiring that. Yeah, they're not they're not OK with you interrupting whatever their experience is with something completely different. They want the advertising to merge seamlessly in with their entertainment. Um, and you have to educate and form at the same time as entertain. And so part of that is that sense of humor, that sense of whimsy and fun. Um, but at the same time, you know, maintaining your thought leadership and your credibility. Yeah. So that, that's a really, that, reminds me of so we all are if you're on facebook obviously you're assaulted with ads and most of them we just completely ignore and i was on facebook the other day and i saw an ad for this toilet paper and it was called who gives a crap and each roll was was wrapped and branded who gives a crap and different yeah. colors and like i was like so magnetized by that and i clicked on it and i like read about it watched the video and that was that was entertaining me. Just the name alone was entertainment. So yeah, that's a good point. Spoon Me is an entertaining name. Church of Cupcakes. There's so you know, Eat My Words is an entertaining name. Anytime you can make people smile and feel good, you're golden. Right. Well, and and by starting out with a brand name, 
um, that has that sense of fun and entertainment value to it. It gives you something to build on when you're creating marketing campaigns. You can kind of bounce off your brand into different directions that have that entertainment factor to it. Yeah, absolutely. And and beyond even marketing, just just branding. So with Spoon Me, when we when we name them Spoon Me, inside their stores and their bathrooms, they would have graffiti of movies, mo sayings from movies, but they would change the words. So um, from Jerry Maguire, remember, it was like, you had me at hello. They changed it to you had me at Spoon Me. <laughs> or yo from Rocky, yo Adrian, it's yo Adrian, let's spoon. So people, and then what happened is the customers became engaged because then the customers would suggest movie yeah. slogans to them. So then it became the customers were part of the whole brand experience. Right. They became interactive rather mm -hmm. than just throwing it at them one way. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And then um, the second C in Scratch stands for for Curse of Knowledge. And that's what you were talking about, where uh, insiders know what it means, but nobody else does. So, like, maybe it's, like, you know, meaningful to your family or to your team of engineers. But outside of that, your target audience or Curse of Knowledge, oftentimes people use a foreign word as their name, not realizing it's foreign to people. Right. <laughs> So don't do that. Yes, it's, you know, Mazinga, M-Z-I-N-G-A, is loosely based on the Swahili word for hive. But who knows that, right? And nobody's going to take the time to learn that. You're going to, you are not going to be there to explain it to people. Anytime you have to explain your, your name, you're essentially apologizing for it. And that devalues your brand. And there, I, I would imagine that there's, um, a lot of consideration when you're looking at a brand name for the type of industry that the company is is operating in um right because some things you can get away with like for example we did we did a brand name one time called curacell now that's that's a latin for healing salt and they were using dead sea salts inside this um this cream of you know that was supposed to help with pain so we were coming up with something about that reflected that, but there's no way to say that in the English language and have it make sense. And in healthcare, you can say things like Curacell and that makes sense to people. Like, okay, that sounds very healthcare-ish. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so uh, have you run into that as far as, do you have some insights on that as far as industry specific? Well, what we run into is more of like things like right now, um, we're naming a pain relief anti-inflammatory uh, supplement. And there's all kinds of rules in supplements of what you can't right. see, right? Because nothing is proven by the FDA. There's all kinds of claims. So I don't even think we could use the word cure or anything that was, I know we're not using the word heal. So yeah, you can allude towards it. You can say things like Thera. Thera, um, yeah. That's but, one. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I guess cure like curate band-aids. Yeah. I, but yeah, there's, there's more, some industries are really heavily regulated and we have to be careful of that. But 
other than that, I think that most people are open. I mean, some some like B2B companies, a lot of B2B companies want a more straightforward name, and that's understandable. But then, you know, other ones are just like we named a learning platform Headrush. And that's like a fun name for a learning platform. So, you know, I would just tell people don't don't feel so regulated just because you know, unless there are regulations, but don't feel like, well, everybody else in my industry does it. Like one thing, a lot of people name their businesses after themselves, but just because everybody else in their industry does it, law firms are, you know, notorious for that. But naming your law firm after yourself doesn't say anything about your brand or naming anything, your real estate business. And it doesn't say anything about, there was a a woman, she's still, she. She still exists. Her name is Lynette Hoy, and she's a really fiery PR person. And we branded Lynette Hoy said nothing about her being a, this, you know, amazing publicist. So we rebranded her Fire Talker PR with the tagline "Hot on the Press." And with that, she's able to have a, this is a name with great legs because of the theme of fire. Right. So her theme song is "Fire" by the Ohio Players, which she blasts before speaking engagements. Right. And she has packages like controlled burn or fire starter. Yeah. So yeah, that says something. So that I would say is a really common mistake people make is just thinking, well, everybody knows my name or, you know, fashion designers use their name, but that that's different. That's like a whole other beast. So I would say, you know, if I was just calling my business, Alexander Watkins, it doesn't say anything about naming eat my words started out specializing in naming things that make people fat and drunk. And that's why, you know, the Wendy's Baconator, that's why, that's why we're called Eat My Words. Um, and then finally the H in scratch stands for hard to pronounce. And people don't want to stumble over your name, you know, back to the Mexican restaurant, the French restaurant, no one wants to feel embarrassed. No one wants to struggle, make it easy for people. And, your name should only be pronounced one way. So here's a quiz for you, Bethany. Uh oh. Okay, it's a like a green protein. Like you put it in like smoothies and stuff. Green protein. Um, and the name is spelled V E G A. So do you pronounce it? Vega, vegetarian, vega, like vegan, or vega, like the 1970s car. See, I would probably would have said Vega. You would have said Vega? That's so interesting because I thought it for sure it would be. Unless I had other context. I guess well, if it's been a green, a green, like a green powder, I would think it would be Vega, like vegetarian, yeah. or Vega, like vegan. But it is pronounced Vega. So, so, and the only reason I know that is I called their their company after hours so I could get their voicemail and hear how they pronounce the name. (laughs) I've gone on other podcasts where upcoming guests have been guests. So I could then hear how their name is pronounced and then write it out in, you know, dictionary kind of pronunciation so that I don't mess it up. Yeah. Because no one wants, no one wants their name messed up. People right. don't, you know. And and here's a way to think about your brand name too. Think about your own name and how many times people butcher the spelling of your name. Your name's really easy, Bethany, but do people spell it wrong? 
Uh, yes, actually, I last year I won an award, top fifty over fifty in the state of Alabama, and on the trophy they spelled it I E at the end oh. instead of a Y. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was yeah. right everywhere else, but someone somewhere responsible for the trophy engravings got it wrong. Oh, that's that's too bad. I yeah, yeah I'm surprised they didn't check that. But I got you know Alexandria. A-L-E-X-A, I'm not going to say it out loud or she's going to start talking back. <laughs> but yeah, um, Alexander, I get once in a while, she can't figure out. I don't think I look like an Alexander. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no one wants their name butchered. You know, people love hearing their name. They love it. So yes. you want to hear it pronounced the right way. So and think about- they have a difficult name that nobody ever gets right. And then you do get it right. They just appreciate it more. They totally appreciate it. And so if you think about the pain of your own name, like why would you want a brand name that had any of those disadvantages? And when you're starting out with a blank slate coming up with a name, don't give your, don't give your name any disadvantages. If it has anything on the scratch list, scratch it off, scratch it off the list. Right. Take it off. Um, one of the frustrating things can be when you sit down and you bring up your domain name picker search engine, right? And you start pulling, because that's one of the things we do when we have a potential name. One of the first things we'll do is plunk that in to see if the domain is available. And then it's not because the World Wide Web is now massively huge and lots of domain names have been purchased. And so we have to get a little creative sometime to find, I mean, the fact that you got eatmywords.com, I mean, kudos to you for that because that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was it was 18 years ago and I think I got it for $2,100. No, $1,200, $1,200. I have number dyslexia. Yes, $1,200, which <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. Um, so we had a, a business here for a while that was a subscription and hot sauce, online hot sauce store, and we called it Get a Little Hot. Oh, I love that. So it had a little, you know, risque tone to it, but which the, the whole hot sauce culture does anyway. Mm -mm. Um, but I got the domain, getalittlehot.com, and I'm pretty sure now I've closed the business, but I kept the domain and actually put it up for sale. I'm just waiting for like some questionable site to come along and buy it from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, with dom domain names, the, the number one thing to remember is no one expects anyone to have an exact match domain name anymore. The, the, so many have been taken. There's, they're, yeah. they're parked. Um, if you think you're going to get a one word domain name, just put that aside. Uh, fire sale, one word domain name, 50 to $100,000. But, you know, a good one word domain name, you know, it could be a million dollars. So the, the thing to do is don't add a hyphen, just have a modified. Because if you have a hyphen, it's going to slow you down when you're telling people what your domain name is. So just add a modifier word. So it could be, you know, get or hello or we are, for instance, in the beginning. Yeah. Um, if it's a verb, it's good. So let's say, you yeah. know, drink Coca-Cola. You can also get really creative. And here's a, here's one of my favorites. It's a smoked turkey company. I read about it on the O list in Oprah magazine years ago. 
and like a smoke turkey company. It's called Greenberg Smoke Turkey. Is you know not a great name. Greenberg could be spelled with an E or a U, but their domain name is unforgettable, and it's gobblegobble.com. <laughs> That's amazing that they have that one. That would be. Yeah. But like how smart yes. do you do that, right? Or like another one of my favorites is, is uh, I was at the fancy food show one year and they have probably a dozen peanut butter purveyors at the fancy food show. And I love peanut butter. So I'm, you know, walking around from peanut butter to peanut butter vendor and I turn the corner and I see this banner and it says, I love peanut And I was like, I'll never forget that. And it was for a company called peanut butter and co and they had peanut butter and co.com as well. But if you check that in, it redirected to, I love peanut right? right? Because who wouldn't want an email address? I would love Alexandra at I love peanut right? Like it's easy to remember. It starts a conversation. It makes people smile. So those are the things to think about when you're coming up with domain names. Like don't, and do not start your naming process by looking up domain names. We never look at domain names until the very, 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 very end. Mm -hmm. Just to make sure, right? Yeah, and if we can't get it, I mean, so a lot of our clients afford it, but if we can't, we'll just add a modifier word. But never, you know, a lot of people don't know this, but like Facebook started out as the Facebook. Um, Tesla for the first 13 years was teslamotors.com. So, you know, square is square up. So people, you know, if you have an, a great idea for a name and it clears trademarking, don't let the fact that the exact match domain name isn't available stop you. Right. I I love domain names and I probably get a little carried away because I just like using them for marketing campaigns. Then I can, you know, measure how successful that campaign was by looking at the analytics for um, that particular domain. But um, so with Get a Little Hot, I also had Get a Little Saucy. Oh, I love that. And we had Eat with Fire Y'all dot com and um, fireeaters.com. So yeah, I love domains and I love using domains in different ways for different, even different audiences or audience segments. Um, or just like if you're doing some sort of uh, social cause as part of your business, you know, you could have a domain for that. Um, Absolutely. And people don't take advantage of that. But I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Have a domain. Yeah. When I see domains and ads that that are like they're might be a little longer, but they're clever. Like, I love that. It's like having a hashtag. Right. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, and you can turn all of those were hashtags, like all of those that I was mentioning them from get a little hot to get a little wait. So anytime we posted something on any of those sites, we just hashtagged all of those things. So we're just making it part of the brands. Um, anytime we do a brand narrative, you know, domain recommendations and hashtag recommendations are all part of that for us. Um, can you share one of your favorite brand names? Like walk us through like one of your favorites and what the creative process looked like that got you to the, uh, what I call the winning name, right? Because sometimes the things that we love as agency owners is not the clients don't love, right? They don't, we might present them with three and they'll go and we have our favorite and they don't pick our favorite. Oh yeah. That happens all the time. So yeah. you, can I tell you one that didn't get picked that I think yeah. was a huge missed opportunity years ago. And this is before everyone was on Facebook. This is probably 13 years ago. A, 
a client came to us and they were naming a new peer-to-peer -peer lending service. So it's where people could borrow and they could borrow and lend money without banks. So if I had money to lend, I could lend it to people, I could make interest on it, and they would be paying less interest than they would pay through a credit card, for instance. So we came up with the perfect name because it worked for buyers, it worked for lenders, I mean, it worked for lenders, it worked for borrowers, it was cool, it was hip, it was one word, it was easier to pronounce, easy to spell, it had everything going for it. The domain name could have been purchased by this client, and the name we came up with was bankroll, right? Because you were you were either bankrolling somebody or getting bankrolled. And they were launching this their this business on Facebook. And so they wanted a young audience and they did not choose bankroll because it had the word bank in it. And they said, We're not a bank. I'm like, when in the history of time has any, every, anybody ever wandered into a bank and uttered the word bankroll? Never. It's, it's slang, right? You would not use that. You would not go in and meet with a loan officer and say, I need you to bankroll me. I mean, come on. Yeah, so, and it wouldn't have hurt their SEO any to have no. the word bank in there. <laughs> no, no. So yeah. um, they came up with their own name, which is Lending Club. And... Every time I drive by it on the freeway, they had a big building and, and up in, in the Bay Area. And it it looks like a lending club. It sounds like a place where you would go. And it wasn't. It was all online. So like, and I thought it was a copycat. of It was a copycat of Lending Tree. So, and it wasn't cool. It was boring and pedestrian where bankroll was, was fun and hip and yeah, had attitude. So yeah, that, that is my biggest disappointment. Yeah. That it makes you sad when you know you have a winner, but they just, I, and I think sometimes with business owners or people who are making those decisions, they can't get out of their own head. You know, they're, they can't realize that they're not the audience. They're not the target. And they keep thinking that way. Like you, you present something to them and they're like, yeah, I don't get it. Well, I'm not yeah. talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why this that. is really, this is really important. We, we tell clients, don't when you're they're reviewing names, don't ask yourself, do I like it? Because that's subjective. Ask yourself, is it right for the brand? That's a completely different question and it's very right. subjective. Yeah, that's that's great advice for me. They use that question rather than what do you think? Yeah. Which is yeah, what, what do you think? Say. Yeah. Yeah. And don't ask your friends and family what they think of your name. Because also when people hear what do you think? What they hear is, what don't you like about it? What do you think is an invitation to criticize? Right, right. I One of the things I love to do is brainstorming. I mean, that's one of the favorite, my most favorite things about my job as an agency owner. And uh, I know that you have some tips and insights on how we can, you know, be more effective when we're brainstorming a brand name. Yeah, there's, and my book is full of those. And I also have an online course full of brainstorming lessons. The, I'd say the, the one, the one huge mistake people make is going into a conference room, you know, sitting around and like bouncing ideas off of each other and hoping something sticks. And it's kind of a free for all where the extroverts like me dominate and then the introverts kind of hold back even if they have a great idea they 
don't necessarily want to speak up. So if you are in corporate setting, what I recommend is everybody brainstorms in advance online. There's a million tools online, not maybe not quite a million. There's a lot of tools online. For instance, we all know a picture says a thousand words. Go to a stock photo library or go to Google Images and type in a concept related to your name. For instance, if you were naming a, a microprocessor that was fast, you could just look for images of things that are fast and that could inspire you to come up with a metaphorical name like puma right the the running shoe that's a metaphorical name because a puma is is a fast animal so that's that's a tip but when you come to the meeting and everybody already has ideas and then if you've already filtered them through the smile and scratch test then everybody's coming with good ideas so that's a way to do it. But I highly recommend that people brainstorm on their own because there's so much out there, even just starting with a thesaurus. That's a great place yeah. to find ideas. Thesaurus.com. Mm -hmm. Use it all the time. Yeah, it's great. I, I was there a lot yesterday. And what happens is when you're brainstorming by yourself, no one's shooting down your ideas you know, and you're focused and you're not thinking about, well, the boss just said a name that sucked and everyone's pretending to like it, but I know it sucks, but I don't want to say anything because I'm asking for vacation time next week or, you know, what, whatever it is, people don't want to speak up. So, but brainstorming in advance, insisting on the smile and scratches. Look, here's a way to the smile and scratches can play bad cop for you. So you're not having to be the person saying to the boss, your name sucks. You're just saying, okay, well, let's see if, you know, let's run these through here. And if it doesn't pass, you can say, oh, it's spelling challenge or yeah, it has the curse of knowledge. I know we all know what that means, but I don't think our customers do. So it can, it can really serve, serve <laughs> you that way. And so you're not the person that's saying it. You're just filtering it through this test. One of our favorite ways to brainstorm is we have a, a big roll of blank butcher paper in the conference room and we just roll that down the middle of the table. Everybody has color Sharpies and, you know, cause we're a creative team, right? Everybody on the team is creative in some element of their specialty or another. And so just putting colored Sharpies in their hand and a blank canvas does something to them. They just start drawing or mind mapping or we just even writing a name down and looking at it um, on paper um, just has that effect where we can bounce off each other. But then the introverts, they, they don't mind drawing. Oh, interesting. Um, rather than just, you know, to say it out loud, that's a little more scary for them, but they'll draw it, right? Because the introverts yeah. will tend to be like your designers, your you know, so they're really good with the paper and, and the Sharpie. So yeah. there, there's probably a business owner who's listening right now going, oh, crap, my name does not pass the smile and scratch test. <laughs> what am I going to do? Is it too late for them? What can they do? No, it's never too late to change your name. We just renamed a bank that was over 100 years old. And they're, uh, they're a bank in Kansas. And it's a regional, it's an award-winning regional bank. Their name was First National Bank of Syracuse. They're in Syracuse, Kansas. And, you know, it was a, you know, it was an old name. Didn't say anything about their customers or, or who they were. 
and they do a lot of they work with a lot of agriculture uh, customers that are and clients, and they wanted a name that was aspirational, and so we rebranded them Dream First because it's all about you know if you can dream it, you can do it, and they can help you get there, and they have helped so many people achieve their dreams so that's yeah, their new that. name and it's just thank you yeah so no it's never too late to change your name and it's never been easier to change your name because when you do change your name you can have you can have your website redirect to the new one and it will be so seamless people won't even know you can send out an email it's a great reason to get back in touch with all your old customers and everybody uh let them know that you change your name why you change your name it's just a good opportunity for PR and uh, just that 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 newness and excitement of it's it's I guess like renewing the vows, right? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. whenever you do like a rebrand like that, there it kind of energizes everyone because it's exciting. It's you mm -hmm. know, and you also it's an opportunity to re-educate your team, your staff, your customers on what your brand values are, because generally the name is like bringing you more into alignment with that. Um, we had a bank client like probably 11 or 12 years ago now that was named South City Bank. And a, another agency actually renamed them First Partners Bank. And their tagline was, uh, you succeed, we succeed. So that was what we were working with. And so what we pitched them was this idea of publishing a magazine, um, doing a blog that was separate from there that had resources on it for business owners, uh, doing a radio show, um, doing workshops in local libraries for business owners. And then we branded all of that initiative tools for success. So it tied into their you succeed, we succeed, tools for success. Well, um, three years after that, they they merged, they got um, merged up with another bank, a much bigger bank, and they kept it on. So it became, we just rebranded it to the, to the new bank. And now 10 years, 11 years later, that bank is being merged into another bank and they're keeping it on. So it just lives on because it's That's awesome. It's this, this is, and they keep the same tools for success because it fits. But so brand names aren't just about the name of your company, but also the things within your company. It could be product. It could be like a marketing initiative like that or something else. But all these things kind of have to, integrate with the other parts of your brand. That's why it's helpful to have a name with legs. But even if you don't, here's an example of branding some parts of your business. So we work with a hotel in San Francisco called the Hotel Vitale. And it's this hipster hotel. And they wanted to, they were competing with the W, which is super hip hotel for wedding business. And Brides, bride and groom would come in and, you know, tour the property and, you know, great venue, spectacular location, all that. Then they would sit down and they would go through this notebook, looking at all the different services and things they could order in their wedding package. And they had really boring names. So they hired us to rebrand these names. So <laughs> the, the wedding brunch became 
the post-wedding brunch became bloody married. The <laughs> post-reception bar rental became last call for alcohol, right? The co-ed bridal shower became shower together. So just by changing, we changed five things in their binder. And just by rebranding those five things, their sales went up by 25%. And all we did was change the name in a binder. There was no PR campaign. There was no, you know, logo refresh. It was just changing names in a binder. Because and people it, just connected to that and it was fun and memorable. It and was fun. It was fun. And it, it took a painful process for a lot of people and an expensive process. And it made it like, who wouldn't want to have last call for alcohol? That just sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So as we wrap up the episode, because I know we're running out of time, but what one or two takeaways do you hope the audience will remember uh, when, when it comes to coming up with a brand name? If the only thing they remember is one thing, what would that be? That your name should differentiate you from everybody else. That's a great answer. Okay. So I am, I, I, you sent me a copy of your book. And I, I've been digging into it, but um, the other day I got in my car and I I, ha I was reading it at the office, which I never do that, by the way. Oh. Um, but I got reading it and I was like, oh, and I kind of stayed in it. And then I had to leave and I got in my car and I just went to Audible and downloaded the and then got to my spot and then just started listening to it. Um, the book is awesome. Thank and, you. And it's Hello, My Name is Awesome. Um, so tell people where they can get your book, where your website, where they can get your course, all the resources that you offer. My book is on Amazon. Make sure it's the one that Bethany held up with the yellow cover with, right. the, with the blue, with the blue label. That's the second edition. The first edition had a red name tag on it. Um, you can go to eatmywords.com and you can get the book through there too. Uh, at eatmywords.com, you'll find the smiling scratch test. You will, there's a free mini masterclass that is kind of a, a taste of my online course. And I sent that to my team, by the way. Pardon? I, I emailed that to my team and said, hey, oh, I'll need to take you. this free mini course here. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, those are, that's the main thing. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And, uh, and if anybody is considering changing their name, shoot me an email, Alexandra at eatmywords.com. And I will send you the lesson from my course on name changes. And it will really inspire you because there's some great name changes in there. And I think people are often afraid to change their name. Like oh, it's too much work or how am I going to do it? But once you see these name changes, you're going to want to change it. You're, you'll be more, uh, it will be more of a, something you're excited about rather than like, Oh, I don't want to do this. Yeah. And, and like we said too, this isn't about your name. So even if you love your name, your name passes the smell and scratch uh, or smile and scratch. <laughs> um, there's still so many other places that you can use this, these techniques and these insights in your business. So every business owner needs a copy of your book. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on Time to Thrive. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I can't, I'm really impressed with your marketing knowledge. So I oh, hope to send you yeah. some work. Yeah, for sure. If you enjoyed this episode of the Time to Thrive podcast, check out our other resources for business owners and entrepreneurs at timetothrivemembership.com. 
Running a business is more challenging than ever before. Time to Thrive is where you can get marketing training, group coaching, and community support. Visit timetothrivemembership.com to learn more.